Well, today's scripture comes from 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. We're going to read verses 16 through 18. We'll read it in the ESV. ESV Bibles uh, should be under your seats if you're here in person. And if you are uh, joining us online, uh, feel free to look up the scripture on your own. But we will also project it in a moment up here. Um, And uh, once you are ready to read the scripture, if you're here in person and if you're comfortable doing this at home, we ask that you please stand as able for the reading of God's word. And I will read the scripture for us and then we'll all respond with thanks be to God. So please stand as able for the reading of God's word. Again, it's 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. This is the sign of genuineness in every letter of mine. It is the way I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Well, friends, just uh, to let you know that um, we're going to be starting a new sermon series that's going to go, I'm not sure how long it may be throughout the school year, uh, about wholeness. And I I think that, um, you know, the idea of wholeness for this world, for our communities, uh, for us personally, for our emotional being, for our psychological being, Uh, for our spiritual being. All of those things is so important. And so we're going to be starting that next week. I'm really excited about this uh, sermon series. And so, yeah, definitely, you know, invite friends or it's a great time to come uh, at the beginning of the year, at the start of a new sermon series. Uh, But today, it's kind of like a little bit of an intro. Uh, Today's message is called Grace Be With You All. Um, So grace is a very important uh, Christian concept, a Christian word. Uh, and it's so common that I feel like sometimes we kind of forget what grace is all about. Can anyone tell me what, what grace is or what you understand it to be? It's okay if it's, I mean, you know, the, the, we can have different ideas of what it is, so I won't bite your head off or anything. Any thoughts? Maybe some of you guys have thought of grace as a gift, and it is, it definitely is. Um, there, there is this idea that grace is free. Sometimes we call it a free gift. And sometimes kind of in, in spiritual terms or uh, theological terms, we call it unmerited favor. It just means that it's favor. It's like good things that you don't deserve, right? And we talk about grace in the ultimate way as the grace that is given us in Jesus Christ, right? Jesus Christ giving his life for us, dying on the cross for our sins so that we don't have to right? And so that we can have newness of life. And there's lots of implications in that that we can't fully go into right now. But friends, you probably have heard of grace. But I think that one thing that happens in the church, one of the problems that we have with grace is we think of grace as past tense. Grace happened. You know, I experienced grace. I received grace when I believed the story about Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. And so this idea that, yeah, it's a cool story, bro. It's in the past. It happened, right? Yeah, that changed my life. But I kind of like this because it's kind of, uh, I guess this is from Rambo. Um, But yeah, so cool story, bro. Changed my life. But man, this guy is cut up. You know, not cut up in like, you know, cut up in, well, I guess he is kind of. 
Man, the, Sylvester Stallone, I think in this is, I think he's like in his 70s. Like, dude, that guy's ripped. But anyways, he is bloody, he is beat up, and okay, maybe that's the way we are in life sometimes. Kind of like, like uh, go with me on this for a second. But I, I think that sometimes we have this understanding of grace where it's like, okay, I feel like there's this narrative that I'm supposed to follow. Uh, in the Christian life. You know, I was a sinner. I was messed up. I was broken. I had all these problems before. And then I received grace at this one moment. I don't know. Maybe you're at church. Maybe you're at, you're at a Bible study. Maybe you're, you're at a retreat or a revival, right? And you receive this grace in this moment. And you're like, yes, I believe in Jesus. And then after that, there's like this AG life after grace. And after grace, everything is perfect. Is that the case? Has that been your experience? Because i got to tell you, friends, that hasn't been my experience. Now, there are definitely grace-filled moments. Moments when I really understood the gospel, when I really understood that God loved me, right? When, when I, I, I felt a, a kind of filling of the Holy Spirit, right? Those are life-changing moments, no doubt, no doubt. My life was different, but was my life perfect after that? Of course not. And is anyone's life perfect after that? I mean, look at people in the Bible. Seriously, is that anyone's story? Any any of the disciples, do you think after they encountered Jesus, their lives were perfect? Of course not. Many of them were still persecuted, right? The Apostle Paul went to jail. Some of them were executed, were martyred for their faith, right? And and there, there are many, many times where you see Christ followers who have received grace, have no doubt, they've received grace, but they still struggle. And I'm just saying that, friends, because I think there have been times in my life where I've wondered either out loud or like in my head or subconsciously, I'm like, why is this so hard? I thought I was supposed to have grace. I received the grace, right? And we think of it as this almost like kind of like magical thing. Right? You receive the grace and it changes the alchemy of your life. It changes everything, the, the composition of your life, and you're supposed to have no struggles. Everything is supposed to be up and up and up and up, like, like no temptations, no sin, right? No doubts. But man, that, that definitely has not been my story. Friends, I can't get into all of it, but it has not been my story. I struggle all the time. I've struggled this past week. <laughs> I've had difficulties in my life. I've had persecutions, right? I've had so many times where I'm like, why, why, why is this happening to me? And maybe you have as well. And I just want to tell you, friends, if that's been your experience, and, and maybe for some people, you almost question that moment when you receive that grace and you're like, wait, did I really get saved? You know, did, did, did I really receive that grace if I'm still struggling? Well, friends, based on the biblical witness, I I think you can have received grace, but there is a misunderstanding that we have about grace, that we think of it as a one-time event, and I think grace is something we are meant to experience over and over and over and over again. Let me show you the scripture that we just read. This is the benediction, so the good words that Paul is speaking Uh, to the Thessalonians as he's closing out his letter, 
right? And so he says, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. This is the sign of genuineness in every letter of mine. It is the way I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. This is Paul's signature, right? His signature greeting to people. Oftentimes when he greets people, he says, grace to you in our Lord Jesus Christ. Almost every letter that Paul writes starts with that. Grace be with you. And almost every letter he writes ends with grace. He says, grace be with you. So you got grace at the beginning, you got grace in the end. And you got grace all the way through. Friends, he says, grace be with you. Be with you. I almost called this message grace be. But then I thought, that just sounded weird. <laughs> but this idea that it's not that grace was with you. Of course grace was with you. But he's like, you need grace now, right? May the grace be with you right now because you're going to need it. Um, Dallas Willard once said that, you know, we have this misunderstanding about grace like it's one-time event. It's in the past. But he says the truth is that the Christ follower burns grace the way that 747 burns jet fuel, right? So think about that for a second. 747, right? A humongous jet is soaring through the air. I mean, it's just a miracle. How, how do you get that thing in the air, right? It's made out of metal. Of course, there's some aerodynamics involved. I'm not an engineer, so I don't understand those things, you know? But you need fuel, right? You need jet fuel. And you need lots of it, Right? And what would happen if the jet fuel ran out? What do you think would happen? Somebody told me once, I went to D.C. uh, in early August, and I was in the smallest jet I've ever flown before. It was so small that it was like I was in one seat, and and this was like one complete row, was just one seat. And then there's like, like, uh, uh, you know, the aisle, which was about this big, and then two more seats. So the whole jet was about this big. (laughs) It was the tiniest jet I've ever seen. And I felt like incredibly unsafe in that thing because every time we would just go through a cloud, it was like, (laughs) you know, because it's so light. And somebody told me, they're like, no, Pastor Steve, that's the safest jet. Because if you run out of fuel, that jet is so light, it will continue to soar. It will continue to glide. I'm like, is that right? <laughs> I don't know. But friends, think about this. Okay, this metaphor. You need grace in life the way a 747 needs jet fuel. So maybe you're that tiny, tiny little plane and you run out of fuel. Maybe at first you won't even notice. You'll just be sitting there watching your, your in-flight entertainment, you know, having a great old time. And then you start noticing that the flight attendants are starting to act a little jittery. And they're just like, they start crying and weeping. And you're like, what's going on? Everything's fine. You won't even know. You won't even know because you'll just continue to soar for a little bit. I think that's the way grace works in our lives. There are times where it's still being applied in your life, even if you're not open to it, and you can still kind of feel the effects. And you may not know that you're out of grace until at some point in your life. Right? Now, I do believe that God's grace is being applied to us all the time. John Wesley thought of grace as almost this ever-present reality, like, like, like rain or like air. I mean, it's just everywhere, you know? And so even for people who don't believe, John Wesley believed 
that they still get grace, right? The fact that we're breathing, the fact that we're alive, that's a miracle, right? It's all grace. The sunshine is grace, right? The rain is grace. Oxygen is grace, right? All of this stuff is just incredibly gracious. And there there are scientists who look at our world and they're like, man, if, if just one thing was off, like just ever so slightly, our distance from the sun, we could not support any life, right? Just all of these things just point to a world that is absolutely fine-tuned. And that, brothers and sisters, that's grace. It's all grace all the way through. But the fact of the matter is, is that there is a grace that we can receive when we are in a receiving mode, right? So grace is always falling. But whether or not you are able to receive it is the question. And so, you know, this is Paul's prayer. He's saying, grace be with you. He wants the grace to be with you. He already knows the grace is out there, but he wants it to be with you, with you in your life. And so that's part of the reason why we pray. That's part of the reason why we worship, right? It's part of the reason why we uh, read the Bible, meditate on Scripture, right? All of these things, according to John Wesley, are what we call means of grace, right? Grace is always falling, metaphorically, right? How do we catch that? And so we have different means of grace. But really what it is, friends, if you want to know what it is, is you are in a position to receive that grace. You have the right heart and attitude, right? Because there are people, man, I got to tell you, there's some people who can read the Bible and they can read it with an arrogant attitude, with a scoffing attitude, right? With with a hardness of heart. There's not going to be a ton of grace applied to them (laughs) from the reading of Scripture in that way. Does that make sense? Right? You can pray to God and you can be ordering God around, right? And thinking that God is a genie in a lamp, right? Not sure that there's going to be a lot of grace applied in that moment because you aren't able to receive it, right? And so this idea, you know, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way, not just sometimes. You need it all the time. And, and, and I, I just, just want this grace to be with you all, all the time, because you need it. You need it. You need it. Friends, um, you know, maybe some of you, you, you have gone through some struggles, recently even, and sometimes you wonder, where is God? How can I get that grace? You know, I, I, I know my words are, are, like, don't get too caught up in my words, because maybe some people might be like, Pastor Steve, you seem to be implying that you only get grace in certain moments. Please don't misunderstand me. God's grace is given to everyone, right? But I, I just know in my own life, I'm not always in a position to receive it. Why? Because there are many times where I am just still trying to run my own life. I think I'm God. I want to be in control, right? And I don't want to give up that control, right? Right? And so in many, t- in many ways, friends, you've you, you got to understand, it is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's got to be Lord in order for you to fully experience this grace, which means what? You have to be a humble servant, receiving, right? And so in many ways, friends, I think we approach God more like this than we do like this. So if the grace is always falling, 
right, and you're like this, you're not going to get a lot of that grace. You're not going to receive a lot of that grace. You're not going to experience a lot of that grace unless your hands are truly open. Or how about this? What if my hands are full of all the things in life, all all of the things I'm focusing on, Instagram and Netflix and YouTube, and oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that class. Oh, oh, that midterm's coming up. Oh my goodness, I got to apply for that internship already? It's not even September. What about then? How much grace are we going to receive in that moment? Our hands are full. Our hands are full, right? And so in many ways, friends, I think what Paul is saying is that there is a Lord who wants to bring peace to you. He wants to give you the peace of Christ. He wants to give you his grace, his favor, right? Which could be experienced in a lot of ways, you know? But I think one of the most common ways is through peace. Through just knowing it's going to be okay. You know what? no matter what happens, right? Even if the situation isn't perfect, you just have this knowledge, right? I I call it kind of like the feeling of like when you're a kid and you're sleeping in the backseat of your parents' car. I I don't know what it was like for you, but for me, it was just so peaceful. My parents may have been in the front seat and they may have been very, very quietly arguing about finances. Like, what are we going to do? We can't pay for that. But I didn't know that. I didn't know that as a kid, right? It might have been raining outside. It might have been a slick outside. You know, it might have actually been dangerous. But I didn't know that. I just felt safe. I just felt completely, utterly safe in the backseat of my parents' car. You know, and and I think for a lot of us, friends, it's not even just the illusion of safety, but this knowledge that God is actually with you, right? I mean, for some of us, We think we know that, and we might know it on some kind of cognitive level, right? You're like, yeah, of course God is with me. Of course God is gracious, but you don't feel that. You feel nervous. You feel anxious. You feel lonely. You feel broken, right? And there's just so many moments where you're like, man, I'm I'm just, I'm I'm not okay. We're going to talk about this throughout um, the school year, this idea of that feeling of not being okay, that brokenness within us. Right? God created us to become whole. But in this world, which is a broken world, right? which is a sinful, fallen world, we don't experience that wholeness all the time. And we're going to talk uh, throughout the school year about how we can do that. Right? But I, I, I want to tell you, one of the ways that it happens, or probably the main way it happens, the, the instrument, the vehicle, is the grace of God. Right? That's delivered by the Spirit of God. And us being receptive to that, open to that, I think is the key to receiving that kind of grace. So friends, how do we do it? Practically. Well, let me show you uh, in 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. I think it gives us a very strong hint about how we do this. So just to give you a little bit of background, this is, again, Paul talking. And Paul was going through a very difficult time. He said, a messenger of, uh, of Satan was given to torment him. Uh, It was keeping him humble, but it was something that was like, he called it a thorn in his flesh. We don't know exactly what that was. We don't know if that was uh, some kind of physical ailment. You know, maybe Paul was suffering, like like he was in pain, you know. Uh, Maybe it was depression. Maybe it was severe anxiety. 
right? Maybe it was some kind of mental uh, distress. Maybe it was somebody persecuting him, right? I mean, there are all kinds of people who wanted to kill Paul. And maybe there was like a heckler who would show up at, at the churches he was at and spread rumors about him and talk behind his back. We don't know what that was, but he called it a thorn in his flesh. Now, friends, remember, remember, right? This is the Apostle Paul we're talking about. And he's always talking about grace. I mean, this man, he understands grace, and yet his life is not perfect. He's going through pain. He's going through difficulty, right? Whatever this is, he's begging God to take it away. We see this, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 8. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me, right? And maybe for some of you, that's the way you feel. You're like, well, Pastor Steve, if God gave me his grace, then I wouldn't have to deal with these problems anymore, right? And so, yes, I do want grace, so I'm not in pain, so I'm not lonely, so I'm not depressed, so I'm not anxious, so I'm not worried about whether or not I'm going to get a job, right? Yeah, that's the kind of grace that I want to give me. But friends, unfortunately, maybe to some of us, that's not the kind of grace that God wants to give you necessarily. There might be times where God blesses you materially or externally. But if you look all throughout the story of Scripture and faithful saints who follow God, I'm confident in saying it doesn't always happen that way. You don't always get what you want in this world in terms of external stuff. Because, by the way, that external stuff is not going to satisfy you, right? So that's not the kind of grace we're talking about, right? And so for Paul, I mean, he's like, Jesus, why wouldn't you want to heal me? This is so painful. Please, please take it away from me. He's begging, you know, not once, not twice, three times. Please, please, please. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. So this grace is not a grace that is going to make all his problems go away. It is a grace that will allow him to endure it. It is a grace that will allow him to still live in joy and peace and with all of the fruit of the Spirit, despite the pain. And and that's something that we have to understand, friends, right? For a lot of us, we're not okay with that. And we'll talk about why that is in a moment. But look at what he says. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Friends, this idea of weakness uh, being a prerequisite for you to experience the power of God, I think is something really important, but maybe something we just need to acknowledge, friends. I don't want this to be just something you hear in a sermon. You're like, oh, yeah, 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 that's nice for you. But I just know, man, what this world is like. You all are going to go through weakness. You are all going to go through suffering and difficulties. And the question is, it's not whether or not you will go through it, because you will. The question is, will you go through it alone? 
Will you go through it with your power, or will you go through it with the power of Christ? And that's what this is about. And for Paul, it was understanding that he had to be weak. What does that mean? How can you become weak? Well, number one, he says, I am going to boast in my weakness. So friends, I think that is the answer. I think that is what we need to do. In order to experience grace, we need to boast in our weaknesses. What does that mean? Like, yo, look at how weak I am. I'm the weakest dude there is. (laughs) Maybe, but maybe there's some subtlety to this. Well, number one, I think if you're going to boast in your weaknesses, I think it means proclaiming your weaknesses, confessing your weaknesses, you know, just being able to say that they're there. Right? Sometimes we kind of pretend like we're not weak. You know, uh, you, you might have had these kind of conversations with people. Somebody's not doing well. Clearly they're not doing well. And you're asking them about it. You're like, how are you doing? And you're like, I'm doing great. And they're like, why are you sweating? Like, no reason. It's, it's fine. Are you tired? No, I'm not tired. I'm good. Right? And we do that. Why? So we don't like showing our weakness. We don't like proclaiming our weakness. We don't like people knowing that we're weak. We don't even want to acknowledge it ourselves. Have you ever been in a, a time in your life where you were just so in denial about your weakness? Whatever it was. You were just like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. You just push through it, right? You just kind of bite down, you know, and you just grin and bear it, and you're just like pushing through. And at some point, man... This, this is what people say. The body don't lie. The body don't lie. Your mind can lie. The body don't lie. And at some point, you just break down. This body can't do it anymore. You get sick. You know, or I, I once saw a, a sister who was at, at a retreat, serving at a retreat. This sister was very faithful, but probably needed to learn a little bit more about Sabbath rest and things like that. She was serving and serving and serving. She's cooking all the meals at this retreat. And like, we were sitting there in a circle talking. She had just finished cooking a, a meal for everyone at the retreat. And while we were talking, she literally just fell down, just slumped over. And it was almost like her body was like, we're done. We're done. No more. You can't do any more. Right? And friends, whether or not you want to admit it, it's going to catch up to you. That's why some people have nervous breakdowns sometimes. Right? Or sometimes, like, 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 you're just pretending. You're just acting like everything is okay. And at some point, it's like you hit a brick wall, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, right? And so, friends, uh, I'm not saying I want this to happen. I'm just saying it happens to us all. We're just not as strong as we think we are, right? But in this world, and even amongst Christians, there is this myth that we need to act like we have it all together. We need to act like we're stronger than we really are, right? And so, unfortunately, We're just kind of faking it, right? But for Jesus and for Paul, right? I mean, so often it is about that humility. It is about acknowledging when you are weak because you're not going to be able to get help unless you know that. And so sometimes, friends, that is the most uh, honest prayer you can make on a day is, God, I'm struggling. I'm weak. I'm tired. I'm lonely. I'm depressed. I'm anxious, right? I'm afraid. You know, I'm confused. That's a prayer, right? Acknowledge it. Proclaim your weakness. All right, number two, 
uh, is to accept and embrace your weakness. There's this idea of boasting where you're like, yeah, you know, I'm, I have this. Like, you're happy about it, you know? Like, like, like you, 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 you've, you've embraced it, you know? Uh, so boasting in weakness, I, I think, kind of shows like, you know, yeah, I got to deal with the fact that I have this. You know, I, I, I'm accepting it along with also just confessing that I have it, Right? Because you can say you have it, but still not be okay with it, you know? But there is something about accepting and embracing your weakness. Now, friends, I'm not saying that you can't do anything to change your situation. But sometimes, you literally can't. You literally can't change anything about your situation, right? Have you ever felt weak or worried or anxious at night when the problem that you want to solve, you literally cannot solve it? But your brain will keep you all night thinking about it, right? And just like, why did that happen? Let's analyze this. Let's think this through one more time. And sometimes, like, it's just so stupid because you're not even thinking of a solution. You're just playing like a mental tape of what happened again and again and again. I can't believe that happened. I can't believe that happened. Well, it happened. It happened. There's nothing you can do now, right? So what good is it? I think what this is about is this is our brain, our mind, trying to control the situation. We haven't embraced it yet. We haven't accepted that we're weak. Our brain is like, no, 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 we got this. If we just think about it one more time, maybe we can control the situation, right? And, and so um, I, there's a writer, forgive me, I don't remember who it is that said this, uh, th- that uh, she said once, we, we love control um, that so many of us, we, we, we want control, right? And, and we think it's going to give us, you know, control by worrying and thinking about all of these things, you know? But all it gives us is anxiety. It doesn't give us control, right? All it gives us is anxiety, you know? And in many ways, I think that that's what happens in our lives is that, It's just kind of our programming. It is the way that we are designed to deal with these things. It is not your fault. But I'm telling you, it's not helping you. One of the most important things you can do in order to receive the peace, the grace of Christ, the peace and grace of any situation, really. I mean, even if you take God out of it, you got to accept that it happened. you got to accept it. you got to embrace it, right? And if we embrace it as coming from God, then we can receive that grace, right? And then the last part is rejoice in your weakness, right? And so you see that a lot for for Paul, that he's literally rejoicing, right? Now, this is the one that maybe you're like, okay, Pastor Steve, I was following you, right? Okay, I totally get, you know, proclaiming it, confessing it. I totally get accepting it, right, because it already happened. But rejoicing, Pastor Steve, you've gone too far. Number one, that's just callous. You don't know my pain. What if the pain is very severe? You've lost a loved one. Somebody has seriously wronged, hurt, betrayed you, right? And you're like, you want me to rejoice in this situation? Pastor Steve, that's sick. Those are not my words, friends. This is Paul. And I think the reason why is, is because in the rejoicing, there is something that happens here. In the rejoicing... We, it means that we have the opportunity now to let the grace of Jesus be sufficient and powerful, 
right? We're rejoicing in the weakness where it's like, it's not the end of the story, right? So th- that's the difference between like some of the mindfulness stuff that people do, right? Like, like there's this kind of like secular mindfulness. They're like, accept, just accept, right? Without judgment, everything that you're going through. And you're like, okay, cool. I accepted it. Now what? Right? But the Christian answer is different. Of course, you got to accept it. Of course, right? You got to accept it. But now this is where the rejoicing happens. For people who don't have God, there's no rejoicing that happens afterwards because that's the end of the story. Well, <laughs> you had a tough time. That sucks. You got to deal with it and move on. But with us, this is where the good part comes in, right? You accept it, but you rejoice in it because you're like, now my help is coming. Now my help is coming, right? Because when I am weak, then I am strong, right? When I am weak, that's when I experience the grace. That's when the good stuff is coming, right? So there's this faith that comes in rejoicing. When you are struggling, where you're like, you know what? God's grace is going to be with me, right? And in every moment, we want to live our lives if, as if that is true. You're going through life knowing that the grace of Christ is with you. Grace be with you all. All of you, no matter what you're going through, friends, grace can be with you. I want to just end just kind of speaking personally for me. Um, This message has been very personal to me. Um, It's been a a, a tough few weeks, uh, I'm not going to lie. And there are times where I I know myself and where I used to be, that if I didn't have this understanding of God's grace... I wouldn't be here. I'm telling you, I would have quit. I would have quit. <laughs> I'd be doing something else. Um, I, I, I literally would not be here. Um, just there's some tough things, man, and it's it's tough. And I, I, I don't know. Maybe some people could handle it, but I would not be able to. I'm telling you, I can't do it. But every day I need that grace. Every day, in every moment. There are times I'm going through. I'm just going to call it the sucky parts, right? I'm going through the sucky parts of life. And normally, this is what we do. We don't want to embrace the weakness. We're denying it. We're fighting it. We're trying to control it. We're like, what can I do? What is this happening? Ah! Right? But instead, to just be like, God, you are here. You're with me. There are these moments where I'm going through the sucky parts of life, and I just try to be still and just, just, I just rejoice. I'm like, God, you're with me. Praise God, you're with me. Just try to take a deep breath maybe look around, you know, sometimes I'm in nature and that helps me because I look around, I'm like, God, this world you created is so beautiful. God, you are so good. Sometimes I look at the fellow human beings that are around me who are all miracles. Each and every one of you guys is a miracle. Each and every one of you were, were, were just the absolute joy of your parents when you were born. You know, I mean, you, you guys are awesome. And it, it's, it's just incredible the kind of miracle you are. But sometimes human beings can kind of stink, right? Sometimes they can get on your nerves. Sometimes we can forget that we have all these walking miracles around us. And in those moments, man, when I'm going through the sucky parts, I'm like, God, you brought me to this moment and you are here. I need your grace right now, right now, right now. I'm not going to try to fight it. I'm not going to try to make it better on my own. All I can do is go through it and go through it with the hope of the open hands, that your grace will meet me on the road. And you know what, friends? 
God's grace meets me every time, every single time. I'm going to ask uh, Daniel to come up, and we're going to go into uh, a time of praise in a moment. But I just want to ask you guys, um, are there moments where you go through life and you feel like God's grace is not there? And maybe there's going to be moments this week. I know uh, sometimes the beginning of the year, we're full of all this hope. We're like, this year is going to be different. I'm not going to procrastinate. <laughs> I'm not going to struggle. You know, I'm not going to make those mistakes I made last year. I don't know. Maybe this year will be better. Maybe it won't. But no matter what you go through, friends, in those moments of your weakness, God's grace can be there if you accept it. If, if you let go a little bit of that control, that you may have, or that you may want to have, but you don't really have, right? All you have is anxiety. Let go of that. Let go of it. Let go of it. And just come with open hands again, open arms. Just in every moment, you need that grace. And it can just be a simple prayer, right? You're just still for a moment. Don't go to that phone, right? That This phone is not going to save you. It's just going to distract you for a couple seconds. Take a moment, put the phone down, just close your eyes, take a deep breath, And remind yourself, God is with me. God is with me. Your grace is with me. Lord, help me. I'm confused. I'm, I'm annoyed. I'm anxious. I'm worried. God, be with me. And then rejoice and live your life. Live your life with that grace. God, we just want to thank you, Lord, so much for uh, the grace that, that you give to us all the time. The grace that we need all the time. God, we don't just need it one time in our lives. But God, we need it every single moment. God, because we know that we are broken and we know in this world there are difficulties, God. And so, Lord, we we, we can't live this life on our own. So, God, help us more and more to let go of the control that we are trying to take over life, to just come before you with open hands to come before you, palms up, just saying, Lord, we want to receive. We need your grace. We need your help again. So God, I pray that you will be with each and every one of us, that your grace, your peace will be with all of us, all of the time. In Jesus' name we pray.